Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. 1 Samuel 15, verse 11. Kind of in the uh, picture of prayer and worship, the victory comes and what Moses makes is some sort of monument or an altar and the altar says, the Lord is my banner. Who's the credit go to? God. But when Saul disobeys God, partially obeys God, gets a victory militarily, who does he make a monument to? Here's another way to learn from people's failures. One, we've got to listen to what God says. Uh, we, we've got to, I gave you a second one, I can't remember it right now. But the third one is, we've got to watch out for pride. Got to just watch out for pride. Here's Saul, you know, he's building a monument, and I think deep down Saul already knows he's disobeyed God. How could he celebrate partial obedience? How could he be making a monument here when he already knows that he's disobeyed God? Well, Samuel came to Saul, and sometimes we're pretty good about justifying partial obedience and even celebrating it, right? We've got to be careful. Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. <laughs> Now, see if you can read a little bit between the lines and see if you're sensing Saul knows something's up. I have carried out the command of the Lord. This is when you walk into your kid's bedroom and... (laughs) Hello, bless you, Dad. Bless you, Father. For I have sinned. (laughs) What's going on around here? You don't normally talk that way. I have cleaned all of the room up that you told me to clean. You open the closet. (laughs) Something's something's going on here. Samuel says, or Saul says to Samuel, God bless you, brother. (laughs) So great to see you. You think he's happy to see Samuel? I don't think so. Oh, no, by the way, I have fulfilled the word which the Lord spoke to me. And Samuel said, why then do I hear your brother in the closet like he's tied up? (laughs) Strike that from the record. That's actually not what the Bible says. But it's close. (laughs) What then is the bleeding of sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? There seems to be a low murmur of farm animals. (laughs) Let's see. Listen to the word of the Lord. I want you to utterly destroy everything that belongs to Amalek. What's the word everything really mean? Everything. Yet I hear some bleeding. And some lowing. What's the lowing of oxen sound like? Is it like a cow? Mm, I don't know. Why do I hear that? What's really going on? 
And Saul said, in a classic response of blame shifting, they, those soldiers, NIV, have brought them from the Amalekites for the people. <laughs> Did you love this? There's, there's nothing new under the sun, brothers and sisters. This is the king of Israel, right? They, the people, spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we have utterly destroyed. Now, a couple points of clarification, Mr. Prophet. One, it's their fault. This goes takes us back all the way to Genesis 3, right? The woman you gave me. And there's religious purposes behind what we've done. This, I cheated on my taxes so I could give more to the Lord's work. I really want to win the lottery so I could give more to the kingdom of God. Maybe. After I buy <laughs> the sheep and the oxen, coats, whatever. You see, this has been done for religious purposes. This is what we call the spin cycle. This is the blame shift, baby. We're all pretty famous for it, right? We partially obey the Lord. We get confronted and then we go, oh, well, no, no, it wasn't me. It was them and they and... Oh, and whatever we did do that we think is right, uh, we're going we're gonna to do something religious with it. Would you notice something about this too? We're going to sacrifice, verse 15, end of the verse, to the Lord who? Your God. Wait a minute. Saul has turned back from following the Lord because Psalm 23.1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord should be Saul's God, but maybe this is a way of distancing himself from responsibility. And Samuel said to Saul, maybe, maybe you've experienced this, maybe you could be on either end of this. He said, wait, <laughs> or ESV, NIV, stop. And the New King James says, be quiet, a way we might say it is in the modern day. Don't say another word. Because you're only going to dig a deeper hole for yourself. I happen to have inside information about what's really going on here. Prophet. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew something about a situation and you watched a person start to backpedal and do the little song and dance and the little try to wiggle out of it and the whole time you know they're just a flat out liar. It's uncomfortable because you're just like, oh, no, don't even, don't, don't go there. It's almost like fingernails on a chalkboard. Just stop it. Before you go on with the story, I want you to know, I know, your brother's in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Samuel said, just stop. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And I think Saul's going to regret his response. He said to him, speak. Go ahead, tell me. And Samuel said, is it not true? Though you were little in your own eyes, this may be how Saul saw himself, his tribe. He was hiding when they tried to anoint him. It may be that he sees himself as not having authority over the people, so he let them convince him, whatever the right take is. You were made the head of the tribes of Israel. The Lord anointed you king over Israel. The Lord sent you on a mission. It said, go utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, the, and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed or literally pounced like a bird of prey upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? You listened to the voice of the people. You rushed on the spoil. Maybe that's because greed had pushed him and you did evil in the sight of the Lord. And this would be repeated over and over and over again about the kings of Israel. And Saul said to Samuel, see if this sounds familiar. I did obey the voice of the Lord and went on the mission on which the Lord sent me. And this hasn't come up yet because we the animals have been discussed, but now I don't think he can hide the king anymore. So he says, and <laughs> he's come out of the closet now. And I've brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the choicest of things devoted to destruction, sticking with this story, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Oh, by the way, uh, you might have heard a low murmur, oxen and sheep. If you heard anything else that sounded human, it's this Agag guy. We got him too. We're just going to kind of bring up everything that we thought we might keep around for a while. My personal interpretation on the matter is that I have obeyed God. Try to ignore the lowing, the bleeding of sheep, and this guy, Agag. He's not really here. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings as sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Get this, for rebellion is as the sin of divination. Divination means to divine, to look to false gods, demonic influences, signs, whatever, to get inside information. And insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Sins like divination, insubordination is like idolatry. And because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Enough of the spin. Your behavior shows that you didn't really want to hear what God had to say. And in fact... Apparently, you have decided to serve other gods other than the God of the Bible. And your sin is like the sin of divination. Maybe this foreshadows later when Saul will go to the witch of Endor, famous in the Star Wars movies. Just kidding. <laughs> and he will try to get inside information, and there he will have a judgment spoken to him by this very prophet. 
we'll get there in several studies later, but you've rejected the word of the Lord. He's rejected you. No sacrifice, whatever the best it may be, can be a substitute for obedience. It would be better not to buy the flowers and apologize. Just do the right thing. Then if you bring a flower, no one's questioning your motives. But we all make mistakes. And David said, what God really wants when we make mistakes is the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. David made mistakes, but Saul made excuses. And finally, the judgment of God comes hard. Then Saul said to Samuel, now finally he admits it, I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words because now he tells us why. I feared the people and listened to or I obeyed their voice. Proverbs 29:25 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. How many of us were learning from other people's failures? Listen, this is the study. We listen to friends. We go until we find the answer we want. Godly people tell us, don't do that, don't go there. And we go to a circle of friends and we go to someone who we know is not really walking with the Lord and we get the answer we want to hear. Or maybe we have people pressuring us and so we obey the voice of man rather than the voice of God. Finally, he admits his sin. Is he sincere? I mean, when you finally have to drag it out of somebody, how sincere do you think they are? Now he says, therefore, please pardon my sin. Is he kind of like Pharaoh who says, forgive me, and then he hardens his heart again? And he says, return with me that I may worship. That literally means to bow down to the Lord, but is his worship real? He wouldn't even admit that God was his God. Remember the old worship song, I'll give you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you require. We could say, I'll give you more than a song, I'll give you more than a check, I'll give you more than a Bible study. I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you, right? How easy it is for us to replace true worship with just going through the motions, So Saul really wants Samuel to return. Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you. Not because he didn't want to honor Saul, but he was grieved over him and now things were, he, he had been rejected. For you have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned to go, Saul in one desperate moment seized the edge of his robe trying to hold on to what was already gone, and it tore. And in an unexpected, unplanned parable, Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. Just write in your Bible, ouch. And also the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind. He is not a man that he should change his mind. Some people say, well, this is a contradiction. Didn't he say he regretted making Saul king before? No, God knew what was going to happen. But now that Saul has been rejected, there's no going back. And you can see the character of Saul here as we wind down. 
He said, I've sinned, but please honor me now before the elders of my people. I don't want to look bad, is the idea. And before Israel, go back with me that I may worship the Lord. Man, are you kidding me? I don't want to look bad, so please come back with me and we'll bow before the Lord together. Dude, you just don't get it, do you? This is not about impressing people. That's your problem. You were so worried about your enemies and your kingdom and your monument. You had forgotten why you had the position you had in the first place. God anointed you. They're his people and you're to hear his voice and you did none of that. Sometimes we think, oh, well, I've, I've got what I've got because of who I am. And, the, you know, no, no, no. And Saul, so Samuel went back because Samuel's a man. He's not like God. So he went back following Saul, I think maybe a final act of mercy. And Saul worshiped the Lord. I don't know what kind of business he did with God, but God is merciful. But the kingdom's been ripped from him. And Samuel said, bring me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came, little spring in his step. (laughs) He came to him cheerfully. Agag said, I mean, he's watched all the goings on. There's been, there's been a tough day, you know. There's been a lot going on. Surely the bitterness of death has passed. And Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. The prophet did what the king would not do. And he took the authority of the kingship and what Saul was supposed to do in the battle, the prophet did, and he hewed him in pieces. Would you notice in your Bible, before the Lord at Gilgal. You see, the prophet said, this is what God instructed. This people group has done evil and I'm going to finish it. And he did. And Samuel went to Ramah, but Saul went up to his house at Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel did not see uh, Saul again until the day of his death, for Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Let me read the NIV. It says, until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again. We're going to see a little encounter in uh, chapter 19, verse 24. Though Samuel mourned for him, and the Lord was grieved, that he had made Saul king over Israel. What are the lessons that we can take away from such a challenging chapter? One, God is holy. When he calls us to do something and to obey his voice, we ought to take him seriously. We should not be people that think that we're in a position that we have because of something that we've done, We need to remember that God is the one who's given us these positions of blessing. We need to listen and obey the voice of the Lord. Amen? We need to not worry about what people are telling us to do. Now, we can follow others as they follow Christ, but if people are putting pressure on us for partial obedience, then that's often what we, we want to do is... We want to please people more than we please God. See, God's got his reasons. He's got the battles that we're to fight. 
and the battle belongs to the Lord. God is merciful as well. And I want to leave you with this. Uh, He did send the ultimate king, and when he rode into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord was the words that were shared from Psalm 118. And he had come, and the people were saying to him, Hosanna, which means, remember, save now or save we pray. And that's what he did. He came to save us because we fail. How many times? I mean, I look at this chapter and I can so relate to Saul because how many times have I partially obeyed, thought that that was good enough to make a monument to myself, confronted with partial obedience, and then I did a little song and dance and I did obey, I did, I did. You know, we can all relate, right? So many of these points about Saul hurt inside because we're so like him. Well, God is gracious, amen? But he does want us to grow. Christian people should be aware that improper forms of leadership are commonly associated with wrong doctrine. The New Testament reminds us that false teaching typically involves exploitation, 2 Peter 2.3. False teachers despise authority other than their own, 2 Peter 2.10. They are bold and willful and they do not tremble. It is reasonable to assume, says one writer, that inadequate doctrine of sin will be an important part of why false teaching and bad leadership go together. Saul's failure was disobedience to God's words to him. And oftentimes, that's what happens in life. Failure is simply, it could be bad doctrine, or it could be good doctrine with bad response. So let's pray for the Lord's help with this. Lord, thank you that obedience is better than sacrifice in your eyes. Thank you that you're patient with us when we fail. Thank you that sanctification is a a process And uh, we all celebrate grace every day. But grace is not an excuse for sin. Romans 6, 1 makes it very clear. We are not to use grace as an excuse for sin. But Lord, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. But there are still consequences to our actions. And we want to be a people who lives in obedience to you. Obedience is not a word that a lot of people are celebrating these days, but obedience is so freeing because when we're walking in your will, we're truly free. And we experience your blessings and we experience a clear conscience. We experience the power of God. Uh, You will strongly support those whose hearts are fully devoted to you. We find uh, rich blessings in obedience, God. And uh, I I pray that you'll teach us the lessons that we want, that you want us to understand tonight. We'll apply uh, and learn from the failures of Saul. Apply the opposite, hopefully do the opposite next time. We'll listen more closely with the idea of obeying or we'll not make excuses when confronted. We'll make sure that we stay humble and serve you as our King and our Lord. 
I want to lift up the precious people in this room, Lord, that you'd extend your hand to them wherever they need encouragement and exhortation tonight, a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit, and the desire to carry out your will. For your glory, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you about a new book that has just come out that I've written. It's called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, A Revealing Look at God's Armor. What this book is really about, it's written in a devotional style, and it's written to help you, the believer, to put on the full armor of God. One of the things that the armor of God speaks of is protection. And God has provided you armor to protect you against the typical ways that the enemy attacks. You have a belt of truth because the enemy is a liar. Each piece of armor is custom made to help you in the typical ways that the enemy attacks. Each piece of armor reflects God himself. He's the God of truth. He's righteous. He's the God of peace. All the pieces of the armor point to him. And they point to his provision to you, the believer, because he loves you. The reason God wants to protect you is because he's your father. He knows about the spiritual battle. He knows about the enemy. And he knows how you can be best protected and stand strong against temptation. Suit up, putting on the full armor of God. It's now available on Amazon. I want to get this book in your hands because I believe it's going to help you as a Christian to walk in strength, to know how to put on the armor daily, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, and to experience more victory in your Christian life. Right now, you can get it on Amazon. It's Suit Up by Pastor Michael Lance. I would urge you to get the book today. If you want to give a donation directly to Living Truth Radio, send us an email and we'll get the book into your hands as our gift to you for a donation to the radio ministry. LivingTruthRadio.org is the radio website. Thank you for listening to today's program. Our mission is to get the truth of God's Word out. This is our passion. We want to impact as many people as possible. And we have an opportunity to expand this radio program And we need you, the listener, to partner with us in prayer and in giving. You can give to our ministry through our website at livingtruthcorona.org. That's livingtruthcorona.org. Hey, I want to invite you to visit our website at livingtruthcorona.org to get more familiar with our church fellowship. If you live in the Inland Empire and don't have a church home, come and worship with us. We have a wonderful church family that meets here in the city of Corona. Our service times are 9th and 11.15 a.m. You can get more information about that at the website. That's livingtruthcorona.org. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.